0: came face to face with a reflection of Jesus in the fall of 2010, had an opportunity to go to Africa with Compassion International, had never experienced African culture up close and personal, and I was just swept away with the, the beauty of the people and the magnificence of the culture and the passion that so many of them had for Jesus. I was reflecting on that trip this past week because I actually found some old pictures stuck in an envelope, and I realized that a single conversation had radically changed my life on that trip. We got up one morning and they took us to what was called a child survival program, an opportunity to go out and to feed children out on the African Serengeti, which is this beautiful grass plainlands. It's just an absolutely amazing place. As part of the day, a group of young Maasai warriors came out and danced and sang for us. And then a group of school children came and did the same thing. They blessed us with the dances and the songs of their culture. And I was so touched by their passion and their love and their hope. And at the end of the day, I found myself sitting on a bench, kind of off by myself, kind of lost in thought. And I was amazed at the fact that, that, that what seemed like an arm's length from me was a giraffe. Like we're not in a zoo, there's just a giraffe that happens to be walking by, which kind of rocks your world a little bit when you're from Watcom County and the closest thing we see to wildlife is a possum, you know, and... <laughs> So I'm just kind of out there, and then I have that feeling that you get when you suddenly realize you're not alone. Have you ever been there? You know, you, you, you thought you were alone, and then you just kind of feel like there's another person there. So I look down at the end of the bench that I was sitting on, and there's a small little African boy, and he grins at me. His whole face just explodes into a smile, and he says, ask me a question. He goes, would you like to hear my memory verse? And I said, I would love to hear your memory verse. So he stands up and he says, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. But these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I clapped for him and he beamed some more. And as he sat at the end of the bench, my mind started to spin because he asked me a question. Where have you seen it? Excuse me? Where have you seen faith in Africa? Let me ask you the same question. Where have you seen faith this past Christmas season? I mean, I had been, because I'd been in Africa, I'd seen faith everywhere. I'd seen faith in the work of a mom who created her own soap business to support her own four children. I'd seen faith in in people who had stepped out and sponsored children. Some of you do that, right? You sponsor kids, and you probably wonder sometimes, I wonder if this is actually making a difference. Well, I got to see physically how children were transformed when they were sponsored. I got to see medically how they were transformed when they were sponsored. I got to see living conditions transformed because they were sponsored. I'd seen it face to face. I'd seen faith. I saw faith in in the children's prayers as they prayed the Lord's prayer and meant it. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's be honest. In, in, in our culture, in our community, we don't need to pray that prayer and mean it because all we do is walk to the refrigerator and we answer the prayer, right? They pray and mean it and then it actually happens. I saw God show up in unbelievable ways. I'd seen faith in the eyes of patients who were dying of AIDS, who would placed their faith in Jesus and were wrapped in a peace that defied understanding. I had seen faith in a grandma who ran a church Started a school, managed a feeding program, and ran a medical clinic all by herself, and she started it all in her 90s. That's faith. What's this 65 retire garbage, right? You need to go and meet grandma, because she'll show you how to do life right there. I'd seen faith everywhere. He asked me a second question. Where have you seen hope in Africa? I'd seen hope in a little Baptist church in the neighborhood of Dandora, which is outside of of, of Nairobi, Kenya. It's one of these kind of of suburban type of areas, and in the 1990s, they had political unrest in that area, and people began to riot because there was political unrest. And don't judge them right away because we have our own riots, don't we? Yes, nod your head. Remember a couple weeks ago, oh, how quickly we forget, right? And we look at everybody else and go, oh, you know, what's the deal with that? Well, they were experiencing political unrest, and people actually began burning the neighborhood. But the people in the neighborhood ran and literally made a human shield around Dandora Baptist Church. And they told the rioters, you can burn whatever you want to, but you don't get to burn this church because this is where they feed the children. And I was challenged in that moment. I thought, if Bellingham was burning, I wonder if the neighborhood would come and surround this church because we had left such an indelible mark of Jesus in our community. And I had hope in that moment because I thought if Dandora Baptist Church could do it, maybe there was hope for Christ the King to do the same. By this time, my little African buddy had slid almost right up next to me, and he asked me another question. Where have you seen love in Africa? And I'll tell you what, it would have been easier to state where I hadn't seen love because I'd been surrounded by love I, we showed up at another child survival program, and I'd been told that there was a little girl named Nala who was coming to meet us, and that we were going to have an opportunity to go and visit her in her home. She had walked for miles through snake-infested grass to come and see her mazungu. You know what that is? So a mazungu is a white American, and it literally means one who spins around, it's not a compliment, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> our reputation is that. We spin around. We chase our own tail. We chase our own success. We chase our ever-elusive peace. We chase the Almighty Daughter. We, we, we chase our, our, our idols. We just spin, spin, spin. And at Christmas, let's be honest, we spin faster, right? She was coming to meet her Mazungu. And when I met her, she took me by the hand, and we walked inside of this great big Land Rover, and we drove miles back to her boma, she took me inside she showed me her little cot where she slept she pulled out a box and in that box was every letter that her child sponsor from Canada had ever written to her if you've sponsored a child i am not afraid to shame you in this moment for the love of god write them a letter they hold them in their hands like they're made out of gold they will, she read me every single word of every single letter she'd ever gotten from her sponsor she took us outside, and she showed us where her farm animals used to be because they'd been completely wiped out by drought the year before. We brought her a gift of food, and love flowed. And I'll tell you what, when she hugged me, she made my heart melt. She spent the afternoon sitting on my lap. She was fascinated with my spiky hair. She told one of our interpreters she'd never seen a pale person before, (laughs) and her eyes communicated one thing, you look funny, and she was right. (laughs) We spent the day with her, and love just flowed to the point where that next Christmas, our family and I, we just knew what we needed to do. So we worked together with Compassion International, and and we we bought some goats and some chickens from the other side of the world, and we replenished her little farmyard because of the way she touched our hearts with love. So I'm lost in thought because of the three questions, right? Can't get them out of my brain. And then I realize that my little friend has slid all the way across the bench and he's literally hip to hip with me. And he announces, my name is Evans. Like, hello, Evans. And before I can even introduce myself, he says, are you from Canada? thinking I got a little prophet sitting right here, right? How in the world? And I was like, well, you know, kind of originally, and before I can explain too much, he says, is your name Matt? He said, no, my name is not Matt. He looked a little disappointed. He said, Matt from Canada is my sponsor. And then he wrecked me. He laid down on the bench and put his head in my lap. He grabbed my hand and put it on the top of his head. If you ever meet Masai children, they will come to you and they will put their head down and you place your hand on top of their head. It's a sign of blessing. He took my hand and put it on the top of his head and said, you are not Matt, but for today. You are Matt. You are my sponsor. And I love you. And he wrecked me that day. I was wrecked with faith and hope and love, just like he quoted in his memory verse. The faith to believe that Jesus was actually with us there in that moment. The hope to believe that Jesus someday was going to use Evans to change his world. The love to believe that Jesus left his heavenly position, stepped down out of heaven to walk amongst us for a while so that he could save two people. Grant from America and Evans from Africa. I would ask you the same profound questions that Evan asked me. Where have you seen it? Where have you seen faith during this Christmas season? Where have you seen hope? Where have you seen love? Could it be that every time you catch a glimpse of one of those three, that you're actually seeing a reflection of your Savior? Last week, we unpacked 1 Corinthians 13. I will admit, this is not a normal Christmas text, right? Some of you are like, when are we going to get to Luke chapter 2? When are we going to get to the Christmas story? I promise you we'll get there eventually. But I believe this chapter on love is a beautiful description of Jesus who was incarnated as God the Son. I also believe it's the standard by which all of us, as the followers of Jesus, are called to live, especially during this time of year, so that we don't find ourselves just spinning in a circle. At the end of the chapter, there's a transition and we find these words. They were the same words that Pastor Frank read to us over the video. It said, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So let's go back just to the beginning section there. It says we see only as a reflection in a mirror. Some of you grew up with translations of the Bible that say we see through a glass darkly. Okay, the idea here is simply that our view gets obscured. We don't see things clearly because our view is impeded. I'll be honest with you. It was hard at times in Africa to see faith, hope, and love because you're surrounded by poverty. It was difficult. It's difficult to find hope when you're holding a malnourished child in your hands. It's difficult to find hope when when you're watching an AIDS patient slip from this life into the next life. And let's not isolate those images and push them to the other side of the world because the truth is there's times in Whatcom County when it's hard to see faith, hope, and love because of the spiritual poverty that we see everywhere in our county. So where does it come from That Christmas is the celebration of the coming of a Savior, but often our view of the celebration of the birth of the Savior is obscured. It gets twisted because of the pace of our lives, because of the brokenness of our family, because of the tightness of the economy, because of the chaos at the mall. And yet when we look deeply, if we're willing to look deeply and answer Evan's questions, where have you seen it? We get an opportunity to glimpse a reflection of our Savior. I saw a reflection of Jesus just this past week. Our staff took a day and we went and served at the Christ the King food bank. Tuesday afternoon from one to three, there's a, a, a business park just north of CTK, uh, just kind of up the guide. And, and in those two hours, it's transformed into holy ground. It's a beautiful place. And this particular day, our staff got to go. We got to offer a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. That's the biblical framework for it. It just happened to take the the, the form of hot chili and, and hot chocolate and two bags of groceries to every person that came. It was an opportunity to see Jesus. And we saw Jesus reflected in the conversations, in the warmth of friendship, in the joy of serving. I saw a reflection of Jesus in one of our church family last week she works as a support officer, okay? She would kill me if I said her name. So her initials are Jeannie Havland, okay? Just being honest, all right? I'm going to get in trouble for that. She works as a support officer. She comes alongside police officers and firefighters when they're dealing with a fatality, and they deal with the survivors. They, they come to support people. And I watched Jeannie just lovingly and truthfully walk with her family through indescribable pain and tragedy this week. I saw Jesus reflected in her patience, in her love, in her protection, in her honesty. It was a beautiful thing to watch. This time of year, I see a reflection of Jesus in my wife, because my wife is like a full-blown Christmas elf, Okay. She's got that joyful giving thing down pat. She just gives and gives and gives. And when we can't, I mean, she gives some more. That's what she does. I I tend more to the Grinch side of the scale. She's the elf side of the scale. We kind of balance each other, but I'm slowly being drawn over to her side, right? She's got the joyful giving thing. And every time that I watch her give, I see in her a reflection of our Savior because that's what Jesus did. Sometimes you have to look, but if you're willing to look, the reflections of Jesus are there. In this moment, the Bible says we see as in a reflection in a mirror through a glass darkly, but there's a promise that comes right after that. I'm glad the verse doesn't end there, because otherwise it would be depressing, right? But instead it says we do see darkly in this particular moment, but soon we will see face to face. That's the promise. We see a reflection right now, but one day we will see face-to-face. And that's a statement of hope. And I want to talk about the hope of knowing you're going to see Jesus face-to-face. One day, if you know Christ, the Bible says this is your Christmas hope. That one day you will see him not reflected as a small, helpless baby in a manger, but that you will see him as a risen, triumphant king. The one that we meet in Revelation chapter 5, who rides on a huge white horse, who has a tattooed name on his leg that only he knows, that is a sword coming out of his mouth. I mean, he is powerful and mighty. And one day we will meet him. And the truth of Scripture is this. One day you're either going to meet him in his grace or you're going to meet him in his power. Choose grace. Choose grace. One of my favorite parts of the Christmas story is to see the real responses of people who meet Jesus face to face. Mary, the mother of Jesus, gives birth to a son that's not really hers. The Bible says an angel comes and gives her the story that the Holy Spirit is going to come and overshadow you and an immaculate conception is going to happen and placed inside of you is going to be the one, the only, the incarnate son of God. Can you imagine what was happening inside of her head when she held Jesus for the first time and came face to face with God? I mean, people have been writing songs about it, right? Right? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary had the promise of the angel, but here she is holding the Son of God. And the Bible says her response to seeing Jesus face to face was not to throw a party, but it says everything. She pondered it and treasured it in her heart. Christ the King, can I ask you just a really practical question? Have you taken even a millisecond this past week to treasure or ponder a moment in your heart? A moment when you saw a reflection of Jesus or were you pulling a mazungu and just spinning in a circle and wondering, why does everything seem to be flashing past me? I mean, how many of us actually looked at our calendars this week and went, are you kidding me? Christmas is only 11 days away? How is that possible? Mzungu, about Joseph. The Bible says he came face to face with Jesus. I mean, talk about a responsibility, right? An angel shows up to Joseph and says, Mary's pregnant. Relax, Joe, just take a breath, okay? She's pregnant, and the baby belongs to God. Not weird, just God. So keep breathing with me, Joe, and here's the deal. You're going to raise the Son of God as your own son, No pressure, and don't screw it up, right? (laughs) What do you do with that? I mean, I wonder, did Joseph have the same hopes that any father has? That our children would do even better things than we've ever done? That was pretty much covered with Jesus, right? That our kids wouldn't make the same mistakes that we'd ever done. That was pretty much taken care of when Jesus shows up and lives a perfect life. I mean, Joseph, in that moment, is face-to-face with a son that's not His. The Bible has a phrase for that. He was experiencing the spirit of adoption. The same spirit we ran into in Romans 6, 7, and 8. What about the shepherds? They were the outcasts of society. Nobody loved or trusted a shepherd. That was just the bottom line. In fact, Old Testament law said shepherds were not allowed to testify in court because everybody just assumed they were lying. That's just kind of it. You became a shepherd because you didn't really have anything else to do. Their reputation was stained. They were viewed as unclean. And yet of all of the people that God could have invited to His birthday, this is who He picks. The most unlikely. The most broken. And when they come face to face with Jesus, the Bible says they sang. Can you imagine that? Let's do a modern equivalent. Walk into a diesel mechanic garage group of tough guys covered in grease, wearing overalls. All of a sudden, drop the tools and start singing glory to God in the highest. That's what's going down right there in Scripture. They just sang. They not only sang, this group of unlikely people became the first missionaries. The Bible says that they went back and they spread the news to everybody that would hear. A Messiah has been born. Emmanuel has come. They were transformed by a face-to-face encounter. Jesus. They saw him, the image of the invisible God, a reflection, a perfect reflection of who God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son all were, wrapped in the form of a tiny human baby. How about the wise men? I mean, they were seekers, right? They came not wrapped in gospel, they came wrapped in alternative religion. They were chasing stars. People still do that to this day. The chasing horoscopes, trying to find truth. They were looking for faith, hope, and love. They had no idea what they were seeking. And then they come face to face with Jesus. They come face to face. And the Bible says they worshiped Him. Okay, not at the manger. Check your Bible story, all right? The Bible says the wise men actually show up a couple of years later at a house, not in the stable. But they show up and they fall on their faces and they worship him and then they give extravagantly. I mean, think about these guys. They've surrendered their entire life, their entire life to following a star. And then the star stops over top of a manger in Bethlehem of all pieces. And they walk in and their response is, that's him. That's the king we've been looking for right there. What about Simeon the priest? Kind of an overlooked character in the Bible story, isn't it? Simeon the priest had waited his whole life for the Messiah. He'd waited and hoped and expected. He was there with anticipation. He'd had faith his entire life to believe a Messiah would come. He had hoped every single day he would get to see the face of his Messiah before he went home to be with God. And then in that moment, love came And the Bible says, Simeon came face to face with Jesus, and this was his prayer. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Let me translate the ancient text. Simeon basically says, I've seen Jesus. I'm good. I'm good. You can take me out anytime you want to. You can you can sweep me home into heaven right this very second. I don't need to see anything else. I've come face to face with Jesus. Hope had finally come, and now Simeon worshipped. If you know Christ, hope has come. Have you worshiped? Now, Grant, I got all this stuff to do. I'm just spinning in a circle. Wondering why in the world my life seems so chaotic. Have you worshipped? Every person who came face to face with Jesus was changed. Faith, hope, and love had changed them. And we have a promise that even though today we see through a glass darkly, that we see through an obscured reflection, we still have the promise that one day we will meet him face to face. Never before has pure love been demonstrated than when the word became flesh and walked amongst us for a while and we have seen his glory, the one and only begotten son of God. We have seen it. He is our faith. He is our hope. He is our love. You know, in our world today, there's people looking for hope everywhere. If you don't believe me, you should just listen to yourself sometime. I just started writing it down. I just went through a couple of days this week. I hope you feel better. I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a healthy baby. I hope I get an A in that class. I heard this one from a number this week. I hope she likes me. I hope to make a difference in the world. I hope their marriage makes it. I really hope I get a Christmas bonus this year. I hope we have world peace by Christmas. There's a good hope. Every day we use that little word, right? Hope. In fact, I think it's difficult to even get through a day without having hope attached to it somehow. I would define hope this way. I believe hope is a vision for better days that changes us in the present. Let me say it again. Hope is a vision for a better day that changes us in the present. Hope for a better day, that's only part of it. There's an active part that comes along with it, that there's something up ahead, around the corner, just out of sight, and it's really, really good. But there's something about hoping for something in the future that transforms us in this particular moment. I mean, let's just address some of those, right? If you're hoping to get an A in your college final, you're probably going to study, And if you don't study, yeah, let's see how that rolls for you, okay? We might say, uh, if I'm hoping to get a Christmas bonus today, I should probably show up for work on time. And I may even want to stay a couple of minutes later. If I want world peace, I should probably start pursuing that today by not screaming at my children, right? Let world peace begin inside of my own home. Some of you, some kids that are in the room right now, right? You're hoping for toys on the 25th, so you're changing your behaviors today. (laughs) Keep working on it all year long, all right? There's something about hope that looks forward, but at the same time changes and transforms what's happening right here, right now. It's a vision for better days that changes us in the present. So Christ the King, let me ask you a question. What do you need to change today that will allow you to hold on to that hope for the future? What needs to be transformed in your attitude and your heart today that will allow you to see a manifestation of that in that day when you meet him face to face? How do you need to view Christmas differently? Are you gonna leave him in the manger and worship there? Or are you going to see? What life might look like down the road when you meet Him face to face, and we all have to give an account as to how much spinning we did. So where have you seen it? How can you reflect it? What needs to transform inside of you today that will allow you to hold on to that hope for a better tomorrow? Because one day we will see Him face to face. My question is, are we reflecting a beautiful picture of Him today, or are we just spinning like everybody else? Someone asked me last night, do you know how Evans is doing? I have no idea. haven't really been able to kind of track back through. Someday it would be a dream. I'd like to find Matt from Canada. And take him to a little village outside of Nairobi. I'll warn you, sometimes if you're too busy, you'll miss moments like that. If you're so wrapped up in what's going on, God may come and and want to tap you on the shoulder and remind you what faith, hope, and love really looks like. And you'll miss it if you're just pulling a mzungu. So let's just Pause. Let's stop. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Have you ever wondered why love is the greatest? Think about it for a second. Faith happens today, but someday, faith will be sight when we see Him face to face. Hope is for today, but one day, hope will be realized when we come face to face with Jesus, and in that moment, faith and hope, we won't even need them anymore because will be face-to-face with love. And love is the reason why He came at Christmas. So hold on to all three, because for now we see through a glass darkly. But one day, we'll get to participate in the greatest of these, because we will see Him face-to-face. And that will be a glorious Christmas present. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this morning and for my brothers and my sisters who've gathered. Father, I pray that we would be a reflection of faith, hope, and love in our world today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow us to be a pure reflection of your Son who came to this earth in faith, with hope, and for love. So God, as we turn our attention fully and completely to you during this Christmas season, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to reflect your love, that we would live in faith, and that we would be encouraged by hope today. Father, as the world gets busier and busier, I pray that we would stop spinning, and that people would see faith, hope, and love reflected in us. We ask for that knowing that we have the promise, one day we will see you face to face. So, Father, would you allow us to see a glimpse of the Savior, a reflection of the Savior this week. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. Amen.